time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right, so you guys, tonight, um, we are going to be a, a little bit different of a night. Obviously, we just finished up an amazing series called Warrior. Everybody say Warrior. On spiritual, warfa- on spiritual warfare and fighting and prayer and the, 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 the armor of God from Ephesians 6. Tonight, as we celebrate our seniors, we'll be primarily talking to the group of 40 plus who are going to be transitioning seasons. Some of you are transitioning seasons in your own life. Some of you, eighth graders going to ninth grade, going to a new school. Some of you are going through family transitions. And so though we'll kind of be targeting our seniors tonight because they're amazing and they are worthy. They are, they are very much so worthy of being honored tonight. And we want to speak directly to them, but I want the rest of you to listen in as well, because the topics that we're going to cover tonight will also apply to you. Hey, would you seniors, would you just, whether your parents are here or not, can you just honor our group of parents and grandparents and family members and neighbors and friends? So awesome of you guys to be here. Thanks for entrusting the lives, uh, entrusting the most precious and valuable gifts from God that you've received to us, to the staff, to our leaders, DLA home team. It's been our honor to speak into their lives over these years. And so Ecclesiastes 3, one, I want to jump right in tonight. It says for everything, there is a time and a season. Seasons of change come throughout our entire lives. There will always be changes that occur, whether it's ending an athletic season or like I said, going from eighth grade into into ninth grade, maybe going from homeschool into a public or private school, whether it's family changes, whether it's college to workplace, whatever it is, though change is often a little bit scary and a little bit unsettling for some of us. The only thing in life that does not change is change itself. And so I want you guys tonight as I share and I'll be inviting up one of my best friends, Pastor Stephen Davis, who is leading DSM for years and years. Y'all give him a hand as he just kind of makes his way up. We are going to. We're going to be sharing with you guys tonight through scripture, some principles as we've seen changes in our own lives and, and as, as we've seen students go through change throughout the years and just kind of imparting some different nuggets of wisdom based upon, based upon the word of God. We want you to become a student, choose to become a student of making biblical solid transitions. This is the deal. You guys, you must learn how to change with change. And for some of us, that's the, and all the adults would say, amen, because life just has a way of happening. Changes have a way of just picking you whenever you didn't sign up for it. So you've got to become a student of the word of God and learning how to navigate through change, uh, through change in a Christ honoring way. See, here's the deal. Here's what we, here's what you learn after, after, after a little bit of time of just living life and, and pastoring students and interns and young adults is that the years will teach you what the days will never know. The years will teach you what the days will never know. 
And so I really want you to lean in as seniors. We have a, a, part of our gift to you tonight is all of these messages, uh, all of the, the notes from this message tonight is going to be given to you. So you don't have to worry about jotting down a ton of things. We really want you to be able to just lock in, listen and receive. And uh, so write if you want, but we're also providing these notes for you. So if you're going to be a student who spiritually survives during seasons of change, here's the deal. Seven's going to start off. We're going to just go through. We're just titling this message tonight, Seven Things. Everybody say seven things. Now, there's nothing magical about seven. It could have been 14 things. It could have been 50 things. We just don't have time to give you 15 things, okay? So we're going to give you seven things tonight um, that, that, that prayerfully, if you just implement and apply to your life, think you'll have a much better chance of navigating through every season of change in a Christ-honoring way. It's good to be with you tonight. DSM is close to my heart. I served here as a youth pastor for four years. And so I love all of you, even though I may not know you, but I'm committed to this place and to Brandon. This guy is incredible. Can you give it up to our youth pastor, Brandon? Brandon and I do a lot of life together. My wife and I with Octavia and Brandon. So we love them. I just want to start point one, maintain your spiritual anchor points. He was just talking about change. One of the only, there's a a quote, I don't know who said it, but it says one of the only constants is change. And so there has to be anchor in your life. And the anchor in your life is going to be your life in God. It's going to be your quiet times. It's going to be something that you decide is non-negotiable. And non-negotiable, I will not compromise. I'm I'm a young teenager now that's graduating and I'm going on to whatever's ahead of me. But this is the anchor of my life. It's Jesus. It's the word. Those things are constant in an ever-changing world around you. And so in Psalm 119.9, it just talks about a purity and a seeking after the Lord. And so we want to determine in our lives that we're going to make a chase, uh, sorry, a choice to faithfully pursue God. It's not about how you feel. No matter how you feel, I am going to pursue Jesus. And one of the biggest temptations in our culture is I'm going to sit back, relax. I've made it through. New life has provided all the opportunities for me to grow in the Lord. And now the most critical thing is upon you. It's you and your relationship with the Lord. It's no one else's. It's personal. And so we even challenge you through the rest of this summer, make it personal so that when you jump into those college years, you go into military, even the next things ahead of you, a job or an internship, that the things ahead of you, I've made a choice. This is something I will not negotiate on. It's my life. It's my life in the word and my relationship and my prayer life. Yeah. And I I would say the second thing here, you guys, second thing we want to charge you with is to really talk feelings, emotions with Jesus Christ. And so one of my favorite quotes on prayer is just, Hey, when you don't feel like praying, talk to Jesus about it. And that may sound like a, just such a, such a simple thing, but how many times, when was the last time that you just said, do you really believe this thing? Do you, do you really believe what's written in the word of God? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is as close to you as your very next breath and that he actually cares about what is coming out of your mouth whenever you speak? Because if you do, then conversations with Jesus, like, Lord, I just really don't feel like doing this today. Lord,
Lord, I really don't feel like forgiving this person today. Lord, I really am I'm really, really troubled about some of the things that are taking place in my world, in my life right now. And I just, Jesus, what do I do with these things? It's going to him and laying them at the foot of the cross. See, here's what I want to, I want to encourage you to do. Let the Lord become your closest confidant. Let him be the first person that you go to with good news, with bad news, with troubling news, with tragedy, with, with successes. If you'll make him the first person, then what happens is you'll develop a character in your heart that no matter what happens, come hell or high water or challenges, there will have been a character that has been developed on the inside of you that when everybody else is shaken and everybody else's world is falling apart, there is a constant, consistent life of prayer that you have with Jesus because you're just so used to going to him. Amen. Amen. Loneliness sometimes can be your companion. If you allow it, if you allow it to motivate you to seek friendship with Jesus Christ. See, here's one of the, one of the most difficult things about change is it is a change in our network. I was talking to, to, to a, a, a senior who recently graduated as well. And they were just expressing, gosh, there's so many, I mean, kind of like the sphere of the unknown because these years were really, really good for me. And I have a really great network established. What's going to happen? And it's almost like a grieving process. And that's how it is for some of us. As we think about man, life as we know, it is about to change. No matter, even if you're staying here, it's still a season change. And so what you've got to do is realize that, you know what? Jesus Christ is in moments of loneliness in moments of, gosh, I got to work all over again to get people to like me. I mean, Lord Jesus, it took me years to get people to like me, you know, and now I got to start all over and build a new network of friendships. And for some of you, that's so exciting. But for some of you, the thought of it just drains you. Loneliness sometimes can be a gift from the Lord. If you allow it to push you and move you towards the presence of God in a new way. He really is a good father. As we were praying today, many of DLA was gathered in the noon prayer meeting and we just begin to sing, Abba, I belong to you. Gosh, if there's no other reality that you walk away from DSM with, let that be crystallized and written and imprinted on your heart. You belong to him. You have a father. Amen. Amen. The third thing we want to encourage you to do in season of change and transition, especially if you're leaving home, going to wherever it is that you're going, is to find a church fast. (laughs) Exclamation points behind it. Okay? Exclamation, 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 asterisks, you know, all of those. And so, so look, so refuse to be casual or complacent about the idea of being plugged in to a local community of believers because this Christ honoring life was not meant to be lived alone. Gosh, it's always funny to me after you've done youth ministry for about nine years or so, you've seen a whole wave junior high and high school and college and all these different things. And it's just kind of comical to me that whenever I talk to, you know, some college students and it's like, you know, about their second or third year and it's like, oh, great. Like what church are you found? Well, I'm still looking. Oh, really? A hundred and four Sundays and you ain't found one church. You could really let's lower those standards a little bit. You see, isn't that true? You laugh now, but okay. And so really a hundred. And so it's like. No, no, no. Don't, don't be like, don't be like the days ago about this, you guys. 
Because you need to be plugged into a community of believers. You need to have people speaking in your life in every season. You don't graduate from needing people in your life. Isn't that the funniest thing that happened? Well, I'm 18 now. I'm, okay, and you'll become a fool. Okay, and so re- honestly, okay, read Proverbs. See, 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 the Bi- Proverbs reminds us that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. There is safety. There is wisdom in a multitude of uh, surrounding yourself with people who can speak into your life, who are running this race with you. And so don't be complacent about this. You guys understand that there won't be another church, another ministry, another campus ministry. That's going to be just like the one that you came from. You do this for a while and you always get coming. Well, it's just not the same. Well, that's good. You're not the same. God, you see what I'm saying? God's got new things for you. Embrace the change. Embrace the new. Don't try to stay stuck in the past. Don't try to, well, the, the former day. Remember not the former days of old. For I, the Lord, will do a new thing in you. So embrace the new thing. And for some of us, that's troubling. That's, it caused angst in our hearts. But I am telling you, lay down those feelings. Lay down those things and say, you know, what Lord I am open I am ready for whatever this new thing is that you have for me do you trust him do you really trust him so here's the here's the deal as as we're talking about actually I'll come back to this point a little bit later I'll let Stephen go to point number four if I can make a comment real quick last year on this stage I prayed for a young man Kyle Williamson prayed prophetically, felt like the Lord was speaking. And then afterwards, we just talked about what city he was going to. He was going to Springfield, Missouri. And we know a pastor there, Justin Chandler at Hope Church. And we've just watched him plug in as a college student now serving young people. And so I even invite you just to find the connections. We know pastors and churches everywhere, and we would love to recommend one to you. On to point four. Understand that some of your former hometown friends may fall spiritually or remind you of your past. Guard yourself. I cannot tell you how often we meet with students that went off to do whatever and come back and they meet with us at Christmas break, usually the first time they get to come home. And they say, man, I can't hang out with these people. And there's such surprise But really what we're doing right in that moment is celebrating where that person is in their life, that they are not going to walk back to that past, that they're walking towards the future that the God, uh, God has for them. And so we want to champion the fact that you're different. We want to champion the fact that you are not going to come back the same. It's really interesting when you come back and everything here, what you thought was going to be normal and come back and it's going to feel like home and wait a second, everything's changed. My friends have changed. The atmosphere has changed. Eighth graders are now freshmen and now the juniors are seniors and I'm no longer the big man on campus and everything around me has changed. But don't be surprised. We warn you now so that you don't walk into that surprise. I want to share a story. I've shared this uh, with uh, in several different scenarios, just called the graduation gift. says a young man came from a from a wealthy home and it was a tradition when each child graduated from high school to, to give them a car. And so, so, so this young man was about ready to graduate high school. So he went shopping with his dad and he found this really great car that he liked and, and his dad seemed pretty okay with it. So he was sure that next week at graduation is that would show up with this, with this car, keys and all. 
And so something really strange and pretty overwhelming happened the night of graduation. See, his dad, rather than walking upstairs to give him, to give him keys to the car, kind of tenderly gave him this Bible. And then he just kind of gently whispered to him, everything that you'll ever need for your life or your future is in this book. Now, the young graduate, quite honestly, got a little bit upset. I mean, he, he had some friends standing around him and they continued to fan on his anger. Didn't your older sister get in a car, get a car whenever she graduated? Didn't your oldest brother get a car whenever he graduated? What's the deal? I mean, you got the short end of the sticker. Your dad gave you, gave you a Bible. Okay. And so his friends encouraged his anger and and just helped him to grow in it. So, so he just kind of thought, man, this really, I mean, this, yeah, this, this ain't, this ain't right. I was supposed to get a car for graduation. And what did I get? A Bible. So he was so angry, frustrated that night. that when his friends, being the awful influences that they were, offered for him to come home with them that night and party, he said yes. So the young man was so angry, he wouldn't even talk to his dad because of his terrible graduation gift. 48 hours later, the young graduate's family called the house where he was staying. And they said, you need to meet us in the intensive care unit in the hospital. Your father's been in a tragic accident. So his father never came out of his coma and died in the ICU that night, just days after the young man's graduation. After the funeral, the young man then went home, picked up the Bible, which he now had a fresh sentimental view upon. He flips through the pages of this book and to his agony, he found a cashier's check for the full amount of the car that he so desperately wanted, tucked away inside of one of the pages. So inside the Bible on the check, his father had written a familiar phrase, everything that you will ever need for your life and your future is in this book. Why hadn't the young man taken the time to look through the pages? Why had he made a fool of himself? Why did he turn on his dad during one of the most transitional times of his life? He had listened to the wrong voices around him. He robbed himself of a relationship that would have been so amazing. In 1 Peter 4, 4 through 5, of course your former friends are very surprised when you no longer join them in the wicked things they do. And they say evil things about you, but just remember that they will have to face God, who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. We move on to point five, spiritually tie down to someone who has already changed the season successfully. For me, I have always wanted to find people ahead of me, people that I actually wanted to become like. I think sometimes when you hear this, you think, oh, they've just done all the things, but him and I or that girl, that woman doesn't connect with me. I really encourage you, find someone where they're at, they're ahead of you, but someone that you can envision, envision yourself becoming or that you want to become like. And as I was a young man wanting to become married, I found somebody that was just married and they would coach me through that. I got married and then we did that for a few years and then we had one girl. And so then I want to find people that are parents, that have great kids and we can model our parenting after them. And so Candace and I, my wife, we have found parents in their 30s, 40s and 50s, all different seasons of life. That's where I am currently. And so for you, you want to find people that are in college currently. You're going to connect people, seniors that you're 
colleges that you're going to. You're going to find people that have been in the job that you're going to be in. And you want them to mentor you. And you want to find people. You want to be extremely picky at this point about who it is. Because they will get inside of you. And so you, you want to make sure that that's somebody that I want to become. This is extremely important. You don't want to be lackadaisical about figuring it out. Who it is that I want to become. And the word here, quote unquote, tie down. I want to become like them. I want them to put their fingerprint on me. Very good. You guys, number six here. And this one is so, it's probably, I would say, overall, the most important part of transitioning well in every season of your life just says passionately pursue the right relationships or the enemy will anoint the wrong ones. That'll preach. Passionately pursue the right relationships or the enemy will anoint the wrong ones. What do I mean there? You guys, in my own life, in my own journey, as I've seen different friends walk through transition points a lot of times you can't wait. You, you cannot wait. You cannot wait for the right relationships to just kind of fall in your lap. You see what I'm saying? They're not, they're not going to come to you. You have to go after them. See, in the absence of your focused efforts to go after the right friends, hell will tailor make the wrong friends and the wrong relationships and bring them right to your doorstep. Does that make sense? And so just like we've been talking about in this warrior series, do not forget that there is a perpetual battle for your soul. Do not forget as you become more educated and in, as your intellect builds and as you learn new and exciting things about the world, that one day you will enter into something that we call eternity. You will stand before a man by the name of Jesus Christ with fire in his eyes and a sword in his mouth and you will give it account for your life. This is not a frightening thing if you have lived a life that is to the best of your abilities surrendered to Jesus Christ. At the same time, do not forget that you have an enemy who hates you, who wants to rob you of everything good in your life and make a complete fool of you. And many times he does this. The quote is often said, life travels at the speed of relationships. The quickest way, guys, you said this every single year for relation, whenever we talk about relationships, the, 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 the quickest way to derail you from the destiny that God has for you is the wrong dating relationship. I'm just saying. But if you have these guardrails, if you have, if you have mentors in place, if you are having your quiet times with the Lord, if you are pursuing wisdom, you will certainly save yourself some unnecessary hardships and pain in your life. I want you to feel this youth pastor pulling you close. If I could pull every single one of you close individually and say, hey, you want to do this thing right. Pursue the Christ honoring relationships in your life. God will bless you. God will multiply the, the gifts and, and the blessings upon your life. God will strategically set up and he'll just bring people before. But you've got to pursue that. You understand? So tonight, I thought it'd be fun for a minute here. I've called one of, or I'm just kind of calling here. And just for a minute, I, uh, I want you guys 
This is one of, you're going to hear from tonight, one of my best friends throughout college. Um, he, I just kind of thought about this today. Hey, Jacob, are you there? Can you put your microphone just right there? I just, okay, let's put it close. Okay. Say something, Jacob. Hey buddy, I'm here. Okay. One more time. Hey buddy, I'm here. You hear me? Okay. Can y'all hear him? Okay. Everybody say, Hey Jacob. Hey everybody. (laughs) So you're going to have to lean in and listen really, really closely. I was just thinking about today. I I called my buddy Jacob and, and he, gosh, we went through four of the most amazing, challenging, fun, crazy years of our life, of our life together throughout our four years of undergrad. So after I finished high school, many of you know, I went straight into uh, university. So Northwestern State University in North Louisiana, majored in business administration. <laughs> he says, go. Okay. So our mascot, our mascot, don't judge us. The mascot is the demons. We didn't get to choose that. So our, I know. Isn't it just the irony? Okay. And so, but here's the thing at one of the campus ministries, the verse on the wall was even the demons believe and tremble. Come on somebody. And so, I mean, that's the Bible It's Bible. So, so Jacob, I want you, I want you to just tell him, I'm talking about making the, uh, pursuing the right relationships and friendships in our lives. As we go into our college years, I want you to just talk just a couple minutes about our friendship and then a little bit of a detour and then kind of what the Lord did in and through you. Okay. Sure. Um, well guys, I, you know, I was sort of a, you know, I grew up in church and around church and, and Christian parents and all that, but, um, definitely had, you know, more comfortable maybe with religion than I was with, with Jesus and definitely the Holy Spirit. And, um, God just sort of had a plan in, in bringing me together with Brandon and some other people. Um, it just really awakened uh, who he was and what he wanted to do. And it was through, we visited different campus ministries, and we all sort of came together. It was a uh, Wesleyan West campus ministry um, that uh, was basically just a melting pot for the Holy Spirit bringing people that he wanted to grow and change. Um, one thing I can tell you is that in, in the people that you hang out with in college, look for people that uh, truly look like they're invested in you and invested in a relationship with the Lord because uh, there were times in college where I wanted to run from God, but Brandon was there and our friend Thomas was there. Um, and I can even remember one time where they literally came and packed my bag so that I would go with them so that I didn't miss the blessing um, of what God was going to do one weekend. And that's the kind of people that, you know, it's not always necessarily maybe convenient and they don't let you be selfish, but that's the kind of people that you need um, in your life. You know, those that are going to love you enough to really, you know, tell you and point you in the direction of what God's doing. Um, and so we, we had a really good camaraderie. Uh, well, we went to two different churches, but we came together um, through the campus ministry. And the other thing I would say is, uh, don't just assume maybe that you're right and do things that you're comfortable doing, but be, be able to get outside your comfort zone because that's where the Holy Spirit really stretches us and works a lot in us uh, and proves who He is. And, and I learned that sort of firsthand. Um, that there's a lot behind that, but, but just know that, you know, it's not about your comfort necessarily. It's sort of about, you know, He's going to teach you to trust Him. Uh, as you're stepping away from your parents and stepping away from these things that maybe um, people have, have taught and sort of making it your own. Uh, so fast forward, and 
um, about my junior year, I just had sort of had enough. I can't tell you why. I mean, of course, you know, the devil's always there to, to battle you and, and go against you. But I just decided I wasn't going to do the, the campus ministry thing anymore. I was going to devote myself to my theater major. So I was just going to hang out with theater friends and, and just sort of um, slowly my life started having compromise and I started being comfortable with things that I was never comfortable with before. And I started dating a girl who was a non-believer, a non-believer by everything that I could tell. And um, throughout this time, I just sort of was, I was compromising. So many areas of my life pulling away more and more from my relationship with the Lord. Okay, and Jacob, had, let me pause. Um, a lot Let's pause right there, Jacob. So one of the things, his junior year, so our freshman and sophomore year, we are all really plugged in this campus ministry, Bible studies. I mean, incredible things that the Holy Spirit was doing on our campus. Uh, so much to, to, so much so to where we um, started going to the same church. We were at the same campus ministry. And so we were going around praying over people in the city. People would call our campus ministry and we would go and pray over people in their homes and do prayer walks on our college campus. And we really saw a move of God. Junior year, uh, Jacob was a theater major. I was on theater scholarship, then always was focusing on business. But all of a sudden, Jacob just kind of started to pull away just a little bit in our friendship circles. And so then enters this girl and all of our friends, like all of our Christ honoring friends, like, who, who is this girl, Jacob? And, and Jacob, who was, go ahead, Jacob. Um, and so... They they sort of asked, and I was like, "What's well, no big deal, you know?" Because I was still showing up at church, and I would show up, um, at, you know, Wednesday nights. But I, I mean, there was just a difference in, you know, what I was trying to, you know, do. Because I thought, you know, God has gifted me and called me with with different things and different talents. And I thought, though, at the time, that oh well, if I choose to follow what my talent is, then I'm not choosing what God wants for me, which is ridiculous because God created me with these gifts and these talents. Yeah. He wanted to redeem them, and I was choosing to use them for my own benefit. So um, I had people really confront me, and I had one person just really lovingly say to me, you're not pleasing God. This isn't what Christ has for you in this relationship, and you really need to consider that um, in so many words. And, and I remember that very clearly and, and sat with me on the couch, and, and um, I realized, wow, I've really just been trying to do my own thing here. Um, and so after that... I went and decided, okay, I've got to break up with this girl. And so we got in my car and we drove to a parking lot to break up. And I was talking to her about all this different stuff. I said, we really need to break up. And I was listening to things. And I said, plus, you're not even a Christian. And um, and so I need to focus on my faith. And she said, how would you know you've never asked me? Point. I got extremely quiet because I realized, wow, I've really made everything, every choice up until this point about me. And I was losing sight of Christ so much that the one person who may have, she may not even actually been attracted to me, she may have been attracted to Christ in me, was a person who I never even spoke to about Christ. Um, and so it's just sort of, you know, depending on the people that you hang around with and the influences you let in, it's going to influence you and focus, you know, what your outcome is going to be. Um, praise the Lord, there's grace, and He has just abounded in it and done so much work. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot of formative years and a lot of lessons that He wants to teach you His way. But if you can't get your attention His way, He's going to give you some freedom to go off and still learn the lesson. 
So good. So, so good, Jacob. And the cool thing is, after that year, it was about our senior year, whenever we all just kind of had a come to Jesus meeting. Here's the thing about godly friendships. There's confrontation that is involved. If you do Christ's yeah. honoring friendships right, there are moments of confrontation when you say, hey, this is not what we signed up for. This is not what we agree to. But you see how the whole thing kind of breaks down. If, like, who's going to confront you if you don't? Go, who are you going to have those conversations with if you don't have friends? Like, well, or, or who are you going to have Christ-honoring relationships and friendships with if they don't love Jesus? And so the whole thing kind of starts with making some intentional decisions. Thank you so, so much, Jacob. I love you so much. Y'all give it up for Jacob real, real quick. The cool thing is, the cool thing is, Jacob... Jacob went on to seminary. Uh, he's, he actually preached in a youth group tonight in Texas. He's an amazing man, married to an incredible young lady with, with, with kids and everything whom I love so much. But I just wanted to give that perspective because we kind of walk through that together. Here's the deal, you guys. This is what I need you to remember, that no friends are better than the wrong friends. And it's just that real. I need you to feel the weight of this particular point. No friends are better than the wrong friends. You'll do better with just you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father hanging out all by your lonesome as opposed to just, well, you know, they just kind of, well, there's nobody else around. I think they'll be my friend. No, that's not going to lead you to where you want to be. Again, don't wait for a Christian friend to call you. Be proactive. Call a friend. Make a new friend. See, see, and, and here's the deal. Whenever Hale Taylor makes friendships for you, they'll have all the similarities. They'll like all the things that you like. Oh, you like video games too, or whatever your thing. Oh, well, I like to read little novels too. Oh, well, let's just connect on our novels. And there's no Christ anywhere in it. Isn't that just so real? Can anybody say amen to this? Come on. Uh, And so I'm just, here's wisdom. Wisdom would say to you, really, put some thought into it. Put some prayer. Make this an intentional effort in you guys' lives. Stefan's going to wrap up with our closing point here. Realize that boredom, loneliness, isolation, all magnify temptation levels. The enemy will always try to isolate you, separate you, get you in the corner, and he's eventually, he, he is purpose is to destroy you. I don't know if you've heard about that. He's got quite the reputation. He is out to kill you. He's out to steal from you. He's out to destroy you. And I think many times we'll blame it on something else. We'll blame it on other people, but the enemy is coming after you. And we need to recognize that and put ourselves around people that will confront us, that will say, this is not the, not the right situation. This is not the right place. Let me walk with you. I don't know if you heard in that moment, but Brandon and Octavia showed up, packed his bags, took them with them. That's friendship, is knowing when I'm not going to let you be lonely in this moment. I'm going to stand with you. You want friends to link arms with. I will tell you, doing life and doing ministry with great friends adds so much to it, so much of value to it. You don't want to walk alone. There's no sense in doing this alone. Amen. So tonight, as we just kind of get ready to transition, and I'll share one final thought. We kind of just wanted to... 
And you have, a, you have a father in heaven. You have, I mean, people who love you. And so we just kind of wanted to give you a slight visual tonight as we kind of wrap up senior night. We'll give you one more point and, and we'll kind of close in worship. Um, we'll close in worship here together. But I wanted to just show you this, this illustration. And so if you guys will just kind of adjust the lights and, and we'll transition the stage here. I want you to just sit back and listen in to a mom and potentially a parent's thought of kind of what happens in, a, in seasons of change, really demonstrating the heart of God towards you in whatever season of change that you may be in. Tomorrow is a day that I always knew would come. I just never thought it would come so soon. It's a big transition for your mom because tomorrow you start school. I know you are excited. You're in your bed, fidgeting, trying to think of excuses to stay up later. Your clothes are all laid out and your hair has been cut. We've filled out all of the forms, bought the supplies, and everything is ready. But I'm not ready. I guess I'm not quite all the way ready for this transition. Have I already told you everything you needed to know before you go to kindergarten? To look both ways before you cross the street. Not to talk to strangers, to say please and thank you, to take turns and to share. Not to lose your temper. Have I told you that there are going to be friends that you have to choose to be with and others not to? Where to buy milk in the lunchroom? You still have trouble buttoning that one pair of pants and tying your shoes. I really want you to learn to read and write, but I don't want you to learn other things yet. Like the fact that some people can be mean and hurtful. You need to know how to add and subtract, but you don't need to learn about drugs and sexual diseases. At least, not yet. How will I know what you're learning? It's not just the dirty words, but the dirty world that I've tried so hard to protect you from. There are so many things that I wish you would have never have to know about. So many doubts and so many demons that I wish would never whisper in your ears as you grow up. If I could only freeze you as you are right now, so full of imagination and joy, so totally trusting in your dad and me, still seeing us as your best friends in the world. I've really enjoyed being your whole life for these five years, but I have to let you build your own world. If I stopped the clock, if I kept you for my own, if I held you in this one moment of transition, then I would never have the moments yet to come. I'd never see you ride your bike or swing your bat in the little league. I'd never hear you read me a story. I'd miss the piano recital and your part in the school play. There would be no Boy Scout medals or football games in the backyard, no loud music or smelly tennis shoes. I'd never see you get baptized or meet your first girlfriend or see you drive your dad's car or be the proudest mom in the world someday at your high school graduation. And so tomorrow, when I walk you to your kindergarten class for the first time, you'll let go of my hand and walk through the door of room 15 and then walk into your future. 
As your mom, I'll probably cry. I'll be a little sad or worried. I know I'll be praying for your teachers and your new friends, praying for the boy that you are becoming, and praying that God will help me find a place in your new world. But for tonight, my son, I'm going to creep into your room, lie down on the floor, and watch you sleep for just a little bit longer. Good night, my baby. Good morning, my son. Hey, you guys. So as we kind of as we kind of wrap up our night together, I have one final point, and this is not just for the seniors, but every single person in this room, you know, as we go through seasons of change and transition and unexpected, there is one thing that is constant. There is one, there is one person who is constant in your lives. And Jesus made this statement. He said, it's actually better for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come. And when he comes, he will lead you and guide you into all truth, the full truth. And you know what? He will, he will help you and he will counsel you and he will be with you forever. And he will speak that which he hears my father speak. He will be with you forever the person of the holy spirit as we just get ready to close tonight i want you guys to pray a prayer tonight and just have some moments with the lord of just saying you know what i just i just invite the work of the holy spirit the person of the holy spirit into my life again Hey, let me just tell you something. I would not be who I am today. I would not be where I am today. I would not have made it fairly successfully through my college years, through my early young adult years, had I not been introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit and learning to hear his voice and, 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 and knowing that he's going to be there for me whenever I fall and whenever I make mistakes and there were lots of mistakes but he is the one who comes and reassures you you're still mine you're still mine I love you I've still got a plan for you and so as we prepare to just kind of wrap up our night here together you guys know we just love to spend lots of hours lots and lots and lots and lots of hours more than you'll ever know creating things that just say hey you really do mean the world to us underneath your seats you have notes there you don't have to grab them now they're just there they have your name on them just as seniors you stick around for about seven more years and <laughs> junior hires <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Underneath your seats, you're going to find notes there that have been printed, but then lots of things have been done, stained, burned, wrapped up, all sorts of things to just kind of make that authentic. But every single one of you are going to receive tonight just this 
just a reminder. I mean, it's just, there's a compass in here. And again, lots of hours just to remind you that the Holy Spirit will guide you according to John 16, 13. And the hope is that in your dorm room, on your mission trip, wherever you are, whenever you look at this, you'll just be reminded. And if you don't feel like God is for you, if you don't feel like anybody else is there around for you, the Holy Spirit is right there waiting for you to acknowledge him. And the moment you acknowledge him, it's the moment that he begins to work in a greater way in your life. I want all of the seniors to stand tonight. And this is what we're going to do. I've asked specifically our school of ministry students and our home team, small group leaders. What we're going to do is very orderly here. You're going to just make two lines. So go in on and make, you'll make two lines across here and we just believe, even tonight, Hebrews 6 talks about the idea of the doctrine of laying on of hands. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you. You guys can kind of face this way. You can face me because I'm going to pray over you first and make sure you guys are spread out a little bit so you'll turn this way. It's really easy here. We're all so brilliant. So two lines all facing this way and just have a little bit of space in between you. This is to allow because multiple people are going to come around and we're going to. That's amazing, Taylor. Uh, Somebody ready for glow games. Multiple people are going to come around to you and we're going to lay hands on you. And we've asked the Lord for prophetic words of encouragement to speak over you. So again, it'll be really easy logistically. Let's have two lines and let's create a, a gap in between the two lines. So quickly do this. Help me leaders. And let's leave space in between. That way we can quickly come to you. We're going to anoint you with oil because we believe even James says that uh, the anointing of the oil is a symbol in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit. It's just a reminder of the, of the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to speak that the blood of Jesus is going to cover you even as you leave from this place. Even as all of you are graduated now and ready to kind of transition to your next season. We're going to ask the Lord to cover you, to shield you, to protect you. We're going to ask for it. We're going to declare and prophesy over you. And so the rest of you in this room, don't check out on me. Because if you are up here, trust me, if you knew the future that God had for you, and if you knew the challenges that you were going to face in your life, you would want every single person in the room praying for you, asking the Lord to bless you, to cover you, to anoint you. And so the band's going to go into a very appropriate song of oceans because we want you to be reminded, hey, it's the Holy Spirit that is going to lead you. And he's going to he's going to lead you beyond the borders of where your trust is. And he's going to bring you into the deep waters. But you know what? He'll always be there for you. Amen. So this is what I want us to do. If you're seated, I just want you to stretch your hand towards them. I want our prayer team, you guys can start praying for them. I think we have oil present kind of in this area. I want every single person to be anointed with oil. And then you're also going to receive gifts kind of at the same time. So just kind of hang out up here for a little bit. Is this okay? Can we just spend a few t- a minutes, you know, honoring people who have been a part? Some of you have been a part of DSM for years and years. Some of you are just coming really doesn't matter. We love you. We believe in you. 
So I'm going to pray over them corporately. Stretch your hands forth and you guys can begin praying for them individually. Father, I pray for every single senior underneath the sound of my voice. God, I pray that even now, Holy Spirit, that you would become more real to them than ever before. I covered them with the blood of Jesus Christ from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I speak over you that the blood of Jesus covers you. I pray a hedge of protection around every single one, even as they travel in the name of Jesus. I speak life over these whom you love. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they will live the full amount of their days. Father, I bless them with health, Father, God, and a healing in their physical bodies. Father, I pray that your plans and your purposes would be established in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, I speak over them that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. I pray that the hand of God would be heavy upon your life of your days. I come against any spirit of fear, worry, doubt, or anxiety and I speak that in its place tonight, you would receive the shalom, peace of God. Nothing broken in you. Nothing lacking in you. I pray the Father's blessing over you that you would always know that you are loved. That every senior girl that is graduating would always know the love of the Father. The love of the Father towards them. That they would never seek for that in any other place. I pray that every son would know the approval of his heavenly father. They would never, ever work to earn this. God, I come against, in the name of Jesus, every demonic plan and assignment for your life. I break in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost and the authority of the Word of God.
time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life. 